brain troubled William. Through the squiggle of disconcerting lights, he tried to remember what it was. At a red light, handbrake diligently on, it came to him. Andrew. Andrew Fulbright. Andrew, his dearest friend, his friend of almost thirty years, best viola in any quartet in the country. Gone. Gone! The fact was still incredible. William could not bring himself to believe that when he reached the dressing room tonight, Andrew would not be wittering on about the threadbare state of his white tie. A mean man in small respects, he would never deign to replace it, or the banality of the programme if it did not include some difficult modern composer, or the warmth of the lager provided for after-concert refreshment, or the inconsideration of British rail for those requiring to travel home late. Dear Andrew, William and the other two members of the Elm Tree Quartet were so familiar with his grumbles that their sympathetic responses had become automatic, sometimes in harmony, sometimes solo, with as little thought as was necessary in playing the opening bars of Mozart's K458. But they were enough to console Andrew, a man quick to recover from his own imagined misfortunes if ever there was one. Within moments he would be laughing, tuning up long before reaching the platform with a keenness, a precision that would make the others smile. And then, no matter how many times Andrew had played a piece, he never resorted to automatic pilot. He always gave his soul to the music in a way that the others, so often tired, bored, irritated, failed to do with such constancy. Now Andrew was gone forever. This would be the first concert without him. The car behind William hooted four times in the manner of the opening bar of Beethoven's Fifth. This was a signal William could read. Rather than feel annoyed by the other driver's impatience, he was soothed. It could mean there was another musician on the road to the concert. William obligingly let in the clutch, observing that by now the green light had changed to amber. But he made a dash for it. Didn't want to annoy the chap behind any further. Grace said the slightest hesitation could inspire road rage these days. William could not imagine what he would do should some angry driver come banging on the window set for a fight. Grace said he should always lock the car from the inside if there was any suspicion of things turning nasty. But William had never encountered any such suspicion, and in the meantime had forgotten how to lock the doors from the inside. In this First ever possible nasty moment, aware of his vulnerability, he slammed down the accelerator and leapt forward through a glow of red, causing traffic from each side of him to start up a cacophony of hooting, which put him vaguely in mind of Gershwin's tuned taxi horns in An American in Paris. A short while later, his calm returned, his hands loosened on the steering wheel, his thoughts returned to Andrew. The sad fact was that Andrew had been forced to resign untimely from the elm tree because of wife troubles. He had confessed to William that after many difficult years, things had come to a head. It was either bloody concerts, Zara had said, or her. He could take his choice. Zara, addicted to the plural, had screamed at him, Music! 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 She was fed up to hear with twenty years of music. So he could either go, 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 
or given his notice pronto and stay, stay, stay. Andrew, being an honourable man and remembering his wedding vows, had been forced to choose his wife. He had given his viola to his son and swore never to play again, thus doubling Zara's triumph. Andrew's official reason for leaving the elm tree was increasing arthritis in his shoulder, exacerbated by playing. William, first violin, Rufus, second violin, and Grant, cello, had never heard him complain of this, but did not press him. They set about auditioning replacements. William remembered desolate weeks of listening to young hopefuls, very eager young hopefuls, scraping through their favourite Brahms sonata. Not one of them would bring to the elm tree players the very particular quality of Andrew, but a choice had finally to be made.